Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. Oh, and first pitch crushing! Deep left field! This is Welcome Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. Welcome in to a live mock draft edition of Fantasy Baseball Today. Frank Stample joined by Scott White. And the returning Chris Towers. There he is. Just popped up on the screen. And from here on out, we've got a mock draft once per week leading up to the start of the season. Today on the show, we'll have a 12-team Roto mock draft. Welcome back, Chris. How was vacation? How was Florida? You know, it was good. It was dealing with family the whole time. So, you know, always, always fun. And gladly took a day off after I came back to you know, do the vacation from the vacation thing, but I'm good. I'm ready to go. Let's just, let's season starts in 29 days. Let's go. We're ready. 29 days, 28. If you're listening on the podcast, Scott, you didn't get the memo. It was a uh, red shirt date here on the draft. Or you didn't get the memo that it's Jersey day. You know Indeed. what? I will go run and change my shirt right now if I need to. And you guys could just keep this thing going. You don't. All right. Anywho, let's break down the draft that we've got going on today. I mentioned standard five by five roto categories that we're all used to batting average, not OBP, of course, roto style lineups where you start 23 players, 14 hitters and nine pitchers, two catchers, one of each infield position, middle infielder, corner infielder, five outfielders, one utility spot and then nine pitchers, which you could divide up however you want. Six starters, three relievers. Seven starters, two relievers, however you want to do it. And uh, we're all spread out throughout the draft. Scott is drafting 12th overall. Chris is drafting 7th. And I got the lucky draw drafting 2nd overall. Got some heavy hitters in this draft as well. Tim McLeod, B-Don from Razball. My buddy Michael Waterloo is in here. And you know I'll have a special eye on Mike Gianella because we are competing in NL-only labor this weekend. Mike's a defending champ. So... Got an eye on him. He's, let's see which players he winds hey, up. He's, he's the defending champ in my Tal Wars League, too. Mike Gianella. Banner year. Get Banner year for Mike Gianella. Shout out to Mike Gianella. Um, what are we watching for? Let's see how far these injured players slip throughout this draft today. And uh, heads up for those listening on the podcast side. This is going to be a long one. So we're breaking it down into a two-part podcast. With that being said, Scotty, we're all good to go. Let's fire this bad boy up. All righty. B-Don has the first overall pick. Julio Rodriguez goes first overall. And 
Maybe my knew, rankings. I have knew B Don would do something interesting there at the top. <laughs> I knew it. Look, I think I, for most people there is a consensus top five. You can rank them in any order, but Julio first overall. That's it's pretty bold. It's pretty bold. It's, it's, you could rank them in any order. Julio Rodriguez usually isn't at the top of that order. So Chris recently talked me into uh, Ronald Acuna as the number one player yeah. in five by five roto. So uh, it's not reflected in my rankings. Maybe I need to update them. I'm pretty sure I did that, but. Alas, Ronald Acuna is my number one player. I think you can go him, Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner. It's a preference of what you want. However you want to build your team, if you want more power, you can go with Judge. But me personally, Ronald Acuna, I think, bounces back fully healthy, one year further removed from the ACL, and we can get a, I don't know, 30-30 outcome from Acuna this season. The third overall pick, no surprise, Aaron Judge. I think we're all kind of expecting this consensus top five as we uh, move it along here. Mike Gianella, year will 2023 be the year of Mike as well? We'll see what's going on. And <laughs> how's your Although day? Worth noting, <laughs> worth noting, Scott does not agree with the consensus top five. Scott has, you have Mookie Betts in your top five, right? Ahead of Ronald Acuna? I think it's ahead of Trey Turner. Okay. Yeah, I th- I, but then I took Juan Soto ahead of Mookie Betts. <laughs> when I had the eighth overall pick in TGFBI. So you're going to drop Trey Turner down know. to six, seven? I don't know how I feel. I just know I want an outfielder in round one. I don't want a shortstop in round one, especially in a five outfielder league. Whether Mookie Betts deserves to be the one to go ahead of Trey Turner or Juan Soto does, or I guess you could make the argument for uh, Jordan Alvarez or or Kyle Tucker. Uh, and I probably would make the argument for Alvarez if, if not for the hand issues. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to take Turner. Getting a glob of steals there in round one isn't as important to me as getting, as filling one of the scarcest positions, arguably the scarcest position again, especially if it's a five outfielder league. That to me, Scott, arguably is maybe taking position scarcity a little bit too far. I know we've talked about this and shortstop is loaded this year, but. Trey Turner, five-category contributor, man. I mean, maybe he's not giving you 30, 40 home runs, but he's probably going to give you 20-plus. And he's. Doing I mean, that. most, most first-rounders are five-category contributors. Some don't help as much in steals. Well, you know, of the guys you mentioned, Betts is probably – I mean, even Betts isn't really a five-category contributor at this point in his career, right? No, I mean – Yeah, I, that, that's kind of why I've cooled on him because uh, – he, I saw an interview with him and Freddie Freeman, and he would he kept uh, he kept talking about how like he slowed down, even when they brought up the rule changes and if he's going to run more. It, he just kept referring to how he slowed down, and it doesn't seem like he's that motivated to be a base stealer again. Doesn't mean he won't, but yeah, I'm I'm less. I think when I originally made my rankings, I was thinking, oh, Mookie Betts, he'll easily get back to twenty steals with. Uh, the rule changes and the ease of swiping second base because of the pickoff limitations. But after hearing that interview, I don't know. I started to rethink it a little. But that's fine. You want you want to tra- take Trey Turner? That's fine. I I don't think it's going too far because you're still getting a first rounder if you don't take Trey Turner. But you know, I'd, I'd rather you guys take Trey Turner so I don't have to. That's ultimately what it comes down to. He not, is not buying. Go ahead, Chris. Not buying the Mookie Betts is in the best shape of his life talk. Mookie Betts is always. I, I, I haven't seen that. Life, man. I'm, yeah, he he added like eight pounds. Why does of he say he's slowing right? down? 
right? That, am I remembering that story correctly? He added muscle this offseason? He did add some muscle based on, uh, based on a, an evaluation that happened to driveline baseball. All right, so let's catch people up on the draft here. The top five picks, Julio Rodriguez, Acuna, Judge, Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez. Again, consensus in some order. Kyle Tucker goes sixth overall. I know Tim loves Kyle Tucker. I believe he took him second overall in the labor mix draft last week. And then, Chris, you were up at seven, and you took best shape of his life, Mookie Betts. Yeah, I think Mookie, Juan Soto, Jordan Alvarez, even Tucker, but I'm a little lower on him. I think you can't really go wrong with any of those five. I think it's a tier of five at the top. And then it's probably a tier of, I would say four or five. I think Otani's probably there too. And then I think the drop off, the first drop is at six. I think the next drop off is at 11. All right. Well, that's coming up on Scott's pick here. After Mookie Betts, we see Juan Soto, Shohei Otani. By the way, I'm rocking my uh, show. Yeah. Roto wear shirt. So uh, Shohei Otani, someone we broke, we talked about yesterday with our buddy Ariel Cohen, both the hitter, both the pitcher. You know, how do you value him? How do you build a, a lineup around him? It's kind of weird with the util only and then having mm-hmm. to choose whether you use him as a hitter or a pitcher. But we broke that all, all down yesterday. You can go back and listen to it. Jordan Alvarez goes at 10th overall. So, Scott, you don't have to make the decision. And you are on the clock. Vladimir Guerrero goes 11th. Yeah, so I gave myself the... I set up the draft order for this league for what it's worth. Wow, the space is apart, so we had time uh, to reflect on each of our picks if we needed to. I wanted to put myself 12th so I would face the possibility of not being able to go outfield or third base at the start. I don't want to go for Trout here as one of my two picks. Uh, so I'm going to take a third baseman. I'm going to take Rafael Devers, but I'm also going to take Freddie Freeman mm. and see. Oh, wait a second. Or, no, let's just do it. Let's do it because uh, I want to see how my build goes when I don't have a chance at an outfielder until round three. Because remember, there's this big gap in the outfield rankings. You got the seven first rounders at the position, and then Mike Trout's really the only justifiable second round pick. Uh, but with his health issues and everything else. I think it's, I think it's a reach to go with him over Freddie Freeman. Who's just so reliable, even if he plays a deep position. And I found, you know, I'm kind of having a hard time uh, coming away with one of those mid tier second bases, first baseman, like a Nate Lowe or a Christian Walker. It's a good idea in theory, but they tend to go in quick succession. So it's, it's, it's a difficult needle to thread especially when you're picking at the end of the round you got those those back-to-back picks you got a long wait in between all right so scott trying something different here and i I appreciate that uh devers at the turn along with freddie freeman we are moving into the second round here the reason i hesitated and thought oh maybe i should go fernando tatis is because you know we didn't talk about it when we were doing the position previews but when Fernando Tatis comes back, he's go- going to be an outfielder. So within mm-hmm. the first right. week he's back, he joins the – it becomes eight first-round caliber outfielders in the outfield instead of seven. Uh, yes, that is a fair point on Fernando Tatis. Made his spring training debut the other day. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure something out because the draft chat is popping in the in the YouTube uh, on the YouTube side of things, so I'm trying to figure that out. In the meantime, I don't think anyone's going to hear it on the podcast because I have it uh, muted through my Google Chrome, but – Apparently, it's coming through on YouTube, so that's not great. Uh, anywho, 
After Freddie Freeman went, Manny Machado and Austin Riley are the next two picks up here. And this is this is frustrating because I'm three picks away, and this is another drop off point for me. There's one of the two players I've got. I had two players clearly ranked ahead of the next guy, and one of them just went in Fernando Tatis, who obviously I love. I I've drafted him in TGFBI. I drafted him Tout Wars yesterday. Uh, I'm I think Fernando Tatis is arguably going to be the number one player when he gets back. Like I might just slot him number one the day he comes back. Chris, you are officially the Fernando Tatis Jr. guy this year. Like you, you are you're the face of Fernando Tatis. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's a good face. Look, I he's a historically productive young player. He is not available at my pick, but. Ah. When he's on a per game basis, uh, I think he has a very, very good case to being the best player in fantasy. I'm not going to get him in this league. I am going to get two outfielders with my first two picks because Mike Trout is my top player left. So I'm taking him love to take a player who, if he plays 125 games, it's a positive outcome in the second round, but it's also arguably the best hitter in baseball still. Yep, so you start with Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. A couple other picks after Austin Riley went. At 15th overall, we saw Tatis, Pete Alonzo, Trout to Chris, Bobby Witt Jr. to Tim McLeod, Bobby Witt, Kyle Tucker. That's that's pretty fun from a Roto perspective. And then Bo Bichette goes 20th overall. I am up in two picks here. No starting pitchers off the board yet, so that's going to be an interesting decision here. A uh, couple of hitters. We got the second baseman coming up. I think this is the point where the hitter pool to me kind of feels like it drops off after we get past Boba Shed and Bobby Witt. Goldschmidt was still really good last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's one year older. The expected numbers, you know, kind of worrisome. Probably not. But uh, I think like we, we just hit that drop off. So I'll have to decide if I want to take Paul Goldschmidt, pull up one of the second basemen, or maybe be one of the first people to take a starting pitcher in this draft. And Paul Goldschmidt just went. So uh, Mike Gianella writing that down. National League player, Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, sounds good to me. All right, one more pick and then I am up. And I think as of now, I think I'm going to take a pitcher because it feels like the best player available. I don't want to pull up like JT Realmuto, Lindor. Well, you might have to pause it. Uh, Why? What's going on here? Still having some technical difficulties with Mike. Did he want Paul Goldschmidt or did he not? Okay, so we'll pause the draft for now and we'll uh, ask Mike what he wants to do with that pick. But in the meantime, uh, looks like Corbin Burns was about to go. So, man, I don't know. Do I take Garrett Cole? Uh, We'll see. You guys filibuster. I'll see if I can get Mike situated here. Chris, I did want to ask you when it comes to Fernando Tatis. Sure. For me personally, I, I like to play it as safe as possible in the early rounds. I think most people like to draft that way. Fernando Tatis, you're not only worrying about coming back from a suspension. He's missing mm-hmm. 20 games at the start of the year. He's coming back from shoulder surgery. He's coming back from multiple wrist surgeries. We haven't seen him play in a game since 2021. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just the suspension. We have multiple injury risks. And... perhaps performance risk at first, you know, it might take him a little bit of time to get up to speed. You know, wouldn't surprise me if he slumps for a couple of weeks or even a month before he turns into the Fernando Tatis of old. Does that worry you at all? 
And and I I think it's worth giving voice to the concern that he was taking performance enhancing drugs and that's what he was suspended for. And we don't know when he was taking them or whether he was taking them in 2020 when he was, you know, or 2021 when he was the best player in fantasy, all of those things. That's a concern I've seen brought up. I don't share that concern, but I want to voice it uh, to give the full breadth of the concerns, uh, you know, out there. There are definitely risks here. This is a, you know, a guy who strikes out a lot. It's not just like, Hey, all these things you mentioned, it's also just a a potentially high variant skill set. You know, it's possible that he runs on the bad side of luck and, you know, doesn't have a a 280 batting average like we've seen the previous two seasons. I I do think there is definitely some risk here uh, with Fernando Tatis, but it's it's a situation where. It's not just, especially when you're comparing him to the second rounders, it's not like, well, you're taking on risk for comparable upside to, you know, someone like Pete Alonso. You're taking on a lot of risk, but you're also potentially getting the best player in baseball where, you know, I don't really think Austin Riley. I don't think even Mike Trout necessarily have the kind of upside Fernando Tatis does, especially in a roto league where he can hit, 290 with 40 home runs and 30 steals. And I don't think anybody would blink. So it's, there is certainly risk there, but I don't think you can play that scared. All right. Well, we're getting things sorted out here. Mike, you know, it does indeed select Paul Goldschmidt. I am on deck. We'll see if we can uh, keep this moving because if not, we're going to have like a three hour live stream going here for this mock draft. <laughs> Corbin Burns does indeed go. Uh, I'm going to take Garrett Cole Homer and I'm going to see how it turns out. I, I don't typically like starting pitcher early, but again, I, I do think there's a bit of a drop-off in terms of the hitter talent pool around the Paul Goldschmidt range. So uh, I, I assume, yeah, B-Don was not going to take both second basemen, so I'll have my choice of either one, and I'm going to go ahead and select Jose Altuve. So my start to the draft, I go Ronald Acuna, I get Garrett Cole, and then I get Jose Altuve. I don't have to worry about starting pitcher for a while now. You know, maybe... Round five, round six, I'll jump back in. But I've got that ace, and then uh, we'll see if I can get lucky with uh, like a decent Bregman or Gunnar Henderson-type third baseman. After, yeah, the two picks at the turn, I should mention, Michael Harris went pick 24, and Cedric Mullins went with pick 25. Just after that, see Nolan Arenado. I believe Tim is a Cardinals fan, so no surprise there. Chris, I think I saw you take uh, Nolan Arenado in TGFBI. That's that's not on brand. That is hashtag not brand, Chris. That is off brand, although it was, I believe, in the third round of a 15-team league, and it was towards the end of the round, if I'm remembering correctly. I think you got him in the fourth, which is even crazier. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, round four, I took uh, Justin Verlander ahead of him and then got Nolan Arenado in the fourth round, so... Yeah, I'm not the biggest Nolan Arenado fan, but 49th overall, that's just a screaming value because he is, for me, close to a tie. I think he's... Do I have him ranked in the top 24? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have him ranked... No, he's 36 for me. So, you know, a a little bit of a reach potentially here at the early third round, but not enough that I'm going to criticize it. And, you know, once he fouled to me in the... TGFBI and 49 overall. That's that's just an easy pick. Yeah, I mean, that's just way too late. And and sometimes it happens that way. I know kind of messing with Scott a little bit here or there that he keeps drafting his bus players, but I mean, they're busts 
where they're going according to ADP. Mm-hmm. They slip far past that point, then everyone is a value at a certain point in the draft. There are very few players that I just flat out wouldn't draft. Like Tyler Glass now, even before the injury, was a bust for me. But I did take him in Tout Wars because I think it was like the 15th round or something like that. And, and at some point, like you need to get good players and you have to take on risk and you have to be able to balance risk and, and build the right portfolio. But you do reach a point where even disliking a player doesn't mean you can't draft them. Yes. And, and plus, I mean, you have to consider the likelihood that any sleeper breakout or bust pick is going to come true. Right. Uh, you know, I look back at the end of the year and if I get half of those picks, right, mm-hmm. that's a really good year for yeah. picking sleepers, breakouts, a bust. So like I, I just approach it's I know it, it sounds like a funny thing to say for somebody in the position I am, but I uh, I approach fantasy baseball season draft season from the perspective I, I, I don't actually know that much. And so I, I try not to take any opinion I have about a player too seriously and uh, just try to build the best team I can it, with the variables certain, presented to me. To a certain extent, fantasy analysis is the blind leading the blind. It's not, you know, it's it's not entirely, but it's, you know, like the the nearsighted leading the blind or whatever. You know, we can we we're we're giving informed opinions and, and predictions, but Projecting this stuff is really hard. We're talking about 670 plate appearances and 162 games and 30 starts and a lot of different things can happen. So, yeah, there's also just when you play in as many leagues as we do, it'll probably be 11 to 13 leagues for me. Frank, I'm sure it's higher for you. Uh, Scott, I would guess it's around the same, uh, maybe a few more. You need to diversify your portfolio as well. You know, that's just that's basic, uh, you know, stock market strategy. And I'm on the clock and I'm blabbing. <laughs> there you go. I was going to let you know. You've only got 10 seconds left, Chris, but you are aware. And hopefully that's enough time for you. Anywho, let's catch people up. After I took Jose Altuve, Nolan Arenado, Marcus Semien, Francisco Lindor, Randy Arozarena. Then Chris took Justin Verlander. And we see Sandy Alcantara go off the board. We do have an obligatory break that we have to take here. So I'm going to do that. And then we'll be right back for Scott's pick on fantasy baseball today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. Welcome back into Fantasy Baseball today. We saw a few pitchers go off the board, and then Ozzy Albies goes at pick 33. And Scott, I'm pretty sure they did that, A, because you're wearing an Atlanta Braves jersey right now, and B, so that you can't get a second baseman. 
Yeah, it never works out when <laughs> I'm drafting. It, it actually did in the 15-team league, TGFBI. I got Jose Altuve of all second basemen in round three. But for some reason, when we in, in the mock drafts we host ourselves, it never works out for me to get Ozzy Albies, who, you know, ADP is much lower than round three. Never works out for me to get him there. Uh, and Jazz Chisholm goes off the board, too. Not that I was seriously considering him. So this is a curious spot for me. One of my top five pitchers, Max Scherzer, is still there. So I could think about taking him. Bizarro draft, Scott? Um, I really don't want to. I want, I, I want to keep trying to push the envelope with starting pitcher, take it later and later. Unfortunately, four of your top five players remaining are starting pitchers. Right, but I don't have to follow that. Uh, I'm going to go with Luis Robert. And did Schwarber already go? Yeah, he just went two picks before. I'm pretty sure those pe- three people just ahead of you are just going to keep messing with you all draft. <laughs> so get, get ready for that. Yeah, they, boy, they've really passed up pitching in this draft, haven't they? Yeah, we've only had four pitchers taken through the first three full rounds. Yeah, so I don't I don't care that I'm name dropping here. JT Real Muto is still available, but outside of that, he's not available anymore because Scott just took him. My yeah. two, four, six, eight, ten. Ten top players in my rankings right now are all pitchers, one way or another, starting pitcher or relief pitcher. So that just goes to show people in this draft so far are waiting quite a bit. I'm probably going to regret taking Garrett Cole because there's going to be a lot of really good pitcher value, or at least it seems that way. So far. Oh, now Corbin Carroll goes at 38 overall. Like, man, this whole group Oof. is not wanting anything to do with pitchers. And not only that, I mean, pulling Corbin Carroll up the board, as much as I like Corbin Carroll, as much as anybody likes Corbin Carroll, I haven't seen him go that high uh, in yeah. a single draft yet. So we'll say... Uh, I noticed in one of the spring training games, either yesterday or today, he did have, I think, 112 mile per hour batted ball, which was five mile per hour harder than any batted ball he had last season. So that's a promising sign. It's just one batted ball event. But, you know, max exit velocity does tend to be a pretty good proxy for raw power. That is probably the one question mark about Corbin Carroll's how much immediate power he's going to hit for and you know if he if he is going to be a bit of a better power hitter at least have a a little more pop than he did in his you know brief rookie showing that uh that could be huge i guess he's technically still a rookie he has upside to perform like a fourth rounder i mean if he gets 30 plus steals upside to perform like a first rounder yeah I mean, if he goes, uh, I guess technically, goes, I think that's that's like his 98th percentile yeah, sure. outcome. But sure, anybody who can run that much and has any amount of power and doesn't strike out a ton could put so together not a Jorge Turner Mateo. like season, theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Jorge Mateo, Chris. After Scott took JT Real Muto, Corbin Carroll, as we've been talking about, Corey Seager. <laughs> I want to talk about that for a second. Max Scherzer and Aaron Ola. Chris, you're on the clock. We'll come to you in just a second. I've consistently now been seeing Corey Seager go in the fourth round of drafts. A lot of those have been 15-teamers, but now he's creeping into the fourth round of a 12-teamer. And Yeah, I mean, I 39th honest, overall. I don't, I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. Like, th- 39th this is overall. Going all, all draft season, in my opinion. So, it's, I love Corey Seager, but that's... 
That's too early for me. That shortstop being as deep as it is, and the fact he, I mean, we're talking five by five league, he's basically a non factor for steals. Uh, if he gets pulled up into that range, I don't think I'm going to be chasing it. Having said that, I just picked Luis Robert and JT Real Muto. I know last time I took Real Muto in a mock, I think it was also one we did live like this, and I hated it and said I'd never <laughs> do it again. That was a one catcher league, though. So, you know, I was seeing the value of Sean Murphy and William Contreras later, which I don't think will become an issue here. Also, one thing that led me to take Real Muto is that with my first two picks, Devers and Freeman, not a lot of steals there. So, you know, getting two base stealers. So basically, it was it was the reason I skipped the pitchers, even though there were a lot of great ones there, three reasons. One, I'm consciously trying to avoid pitcher to see how much I can get away with it. Two, uh, I didn't have any steals yet, and I was able to get two hitters who contribute in steals. And uh, three, uh, what was three? Oh, <laughs> there were so many good pitchers left there that I hated the, like, okay, Max Scherzer's my highest rank one, but yeah. like I, I don't like Max Scherzer that much more than the 10 guys available after him. So yeah. I it just seemed like, a reach, even though it's lower than his ADP. If that makes and sense. look, it's it's working out because since then only three starters have been taken so far. This draft is really eschewing uh, pitchers, so you know you're you're still going to have probably one of those ten guys remaining. Yeah, and now okay. I'm faced with the decision of let me catch people up on picks, even though I'm on the clock here. Yeah, uh, no, Chris, it's like a long time. Chris took Edwin Diaz, then Matt Olson goes, Josh Hader, Jacob DeGrom, Emmanuel Class A. I took Dalton Varsho, something I never do, but feels like pretty good value at the end of the fourth round. Spencer Strider and Carlos Rodon at the turn. Again, I, I want to say 11 of the top 12 players available in my rankings are starting pitchers. The one who is not is Adolis Garcia. But do I want to take him at this pick? I think I have a good amount of speed so far. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Eloy Jimenez, which is somebody I, I do like a lot, and I talked about him during our outfield preview. And this is kind of the nuance of drafting in a roto or a categories league where you just don't always take the top player who, in terms of rankings. It has to fit your build, right? So I've got Varsho, I've got Altuve, I've got Acuna. I've got a pretty good base of power and speed so yeah. far. I think I needed a little bit more batting average. So I went with Eloy Jimenez over an Adolis Garcia, even though I have Garcia ranked ahead of Eloy Jimenez. But I got to say, it was pretty hard for me to pass on like Brandon Woodruff and Zach Wheeler because, I mean, it just feels insane that they're here in the fifth round. And that's probably why I shouldn't have taken Garrett Cole in the second round of this draft, at least. Oh, I didn't know it was coming. Yeah. After Eloy Jimenez goes, I mean, so far, I still really like the team. So we'll see how it turns out. After Eloy Jimenez, uh, Shane Bieber goes off the board. Adolis Garcia, George Springer, and Will Smith. So, Chris, we're coming up to your pick. Actually, we're up to your pick right now. Your previous pick was Edwin Diaz. So you can talk to us about uh, about him. I feel like you've been drafting a lot of Diaz and uh, your next pick that you're about to make. Yeah, I've I've had, I think I, do I have Diaz in Tout Wars as well? I'll make my pick first. And, you know, I like to talk about zigging when the rest of the league is zagging. And so I'm kind of doing that. Three of my first five picks will be pitchers. Diaz, I, I don't love taking the closer super early, but I am starting to come around to the idea of 
when there are 12 closers who actually matter, getting one of them, it's sort of the hero SP idea, right? It's you get that one guy, you, you get the one guy who can anchor you. And in, in this, in this case saves, but also, you know, he'll help a lot in, in ratios. And then you just kind of don't worry about it. So like with Diaz, obviously anything can happen. It's a long baseball season. He could get hurt. He could stink. We've seen it before, but ideally I've got 37 saves locked in now. And, but with, you know, Justin Verlander and Shane McClanahan, who was my most recent pick, I should have a ton of strikeouts, really good ratios between those three. So the idea behind the hero SP is just to give myself the flexibility now to just not take a starting pitcher for, you know, eight more rounds or whatever it is and still feel pretty good about my pitching staff. And I've, that's the approach I've taken the last couple of years. It's worked out. Okay. My pitching staffs tend to be pretty decent and I feel really good about the way my drafts have gone uh, lately with, you know, two early starting pitchers to anchor my team. So that's where I'm going. And Shane McClanahan made his spring debut on Wednesday when we were recording this, saw a tweet from Neil Salons, who I believe is either a pre or post game broadcaster with the Rays. And McClanahan's fastball was averaging 96 to 97 miles per hour in his first spring start. That's step one. That's what I wanted to see. Now I need to see, all right, one or two more outings where McClanahan's velocity is okay and he comes away unscathed and the shoulder is okay and I'm back in. Mm -hmm. That's what I need to see personally, but that was a good first step for Shane McClanahan. And after Chris took him, we see O'Neill Cruz, Brandon Woodruff, Zach Wheeler, Dylan Cease. All the pitchers are now flying off the board. (laughs) Scott, you're on the clock for two picks. I know. Uh, Dylan Cease is like the last one I really hoped to get. So I just missed I still think I am going to take a starting pitcher here. Uh, I'm going to take Alec Manoa because I have Alec Manoa, Julio Arias, and Max Fried, the only three remaining from the second tier at starting pitcher. Uh, Alec Manoa, I also took his, my ace in TGFBI, also in round five, though that was in a 15-team league, so the value felt much better. I could take Devin Williams here and do like Chris was talking about. I think there are a handful of other relief pitchers there are nine total that i'm okay with as kind of my hero rp uh safe bet for 30 saves um so instead because i know outfield is going to get ugly very soon i'm going to go ahead and take teoscar hernandez as my second outfielder going with luis robert um it's too early like he's really the only uh, I, i guess i could consider starling Marte here but I don't have a lot of – he's one of my bus picks for this year. I, I'm not confident he's going to steal a ton of bases as much as he slowed down last year. He's already injured. So uh, it just feels a little too risky for me. Plus, I don't really need his batting average after going Freddie Freeman and Rafael Devers one and two. Mm-hmm. So Teoscar Hernandez, who hopefully – I mean, we've seen him steal a dozen bags before. Hopefully he can be in the, some factor in that category as well. Uh, with stolen bases, presumably getting easier this year. Yes, and with Teoscar, I brought this up during our outfield preview. He dealt with an oblique injury early last year. He was dreadful in May. From June 1st on, he was outstanding. 285 batting average. I think it was 23 home runs. He was basically the Teoscar Hernandez we saw in his breakout 2021 over the final four months of the season. So uh, I... I'm not saying he's a main target, but I don't mind him. Like if he falls to me within a draft, I'm okay taking him. And I think that was okay value where you just got him, Scott. Scott's yeah. seen so far. He's got JT Real Muto, Freddie Freeman, 
Rafael Devers, two outfielders in Luis Robert and Teoscar Hernandez, and then Alec Manoa as his first starting pitcher. Let's get back to the draft picks, and let's see who we got. Ryan Reynolds goes off the board. Gunnar Henderson. All right, so looks like I'm going to have a crappy third baseman. Gunnar Henderson and Alex Bregman go back to back. You know, yeah. Chris, that that's like... I'll go to Scott, and Chris, you can make your pick, and then we'll come to you. Scott, that's the position scarcity where you can take it too far conversation because I thought about taking Bregman at the beginning of the fifth round, but it felt too early. I have Eloy ranked ahead of him, but Mm -hmm. then that's the risk because you know, most likely Bregman was not going to make it back. So that's what I was wrestling with, but we'll see how it turns. Who'd you take early in round five instead? I took Eloy Jimenez. It it was a little early for Eloy Jimenez though, too. It was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked before how if I'm picking late in round two, like you were, you took Cole, uh, I would just take Nolan Arenado, even though I know it's about half a round too early. I just mm-hmm. don't want to have to play the game you're talking about at third base where, okay, there's only a couple of okay of, of, of options who could be good left, and do I have to reach a whole round early for them? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see who you ultimately wind up with at third base. You know I like Max Muncy still, and he tends to go much later. Uh, especially in this format. So we'll see. I did want to point out, after my Teoscar Hernandez pick, Brian Reynolds went with the very next pick. If I had passed up on Hernandez there, it would have been with the hope that Brian Reynolds made it all the way back to me (laughs) two (laughs) rounds later, which seemed like a long shot, but it it makes me feel better about taking Hernandez knowing Reynolds went with the very next pick. Yeah, that's the thing about picking on the ends of a draft is you you can't really play the... I hope he'll make it back to me. Yeah. It just there's and, too many variables. It's too hard to it's you can kind of predict seven picks out. You know, you can get say of you know these ten players, seven of them will be picked. Twenty two. It's just it's an impossible game to try to play. That's it's one of the nice things about picking at the end is just get your guys, but it's it can make it harder to play the like tiers game. Which is Scott? That's which is mainly how I draft. Yeah, so I've I've always hated picking at the ends because it's just it's so hard to predict what's going to be there a full two rounds later. You know. All right, let's catch people up on the picks here. After Brian Reynolds, we got we had those third basemen: Gunnar Henderson and Alex Bregman, Adley Rutschman. Chris took Tommy Edmond. Then we see Julio Arias, Devin Williams, Starling Marte uh, falls down to 69th. That's not so bad. He. He lasted until pick 101 in my TGFBI draft. And that's, and I, I drafted Marte. I didn't want him, but mm-hmm. the end of the seventh round in a 15 team league, I'm like, okay, it's, it's gone too far. So, uh, mm-hmm. solid value for Starling Marte. Xander Bogarts, I took Kevin Gosman as my SP2, and then Dansby Swanson goes at the turn. I am thinking about taking a shortstop because, um, as we've talked about a lot with shortstop, really good and then it's not so i kind of want to make sure i get one and i don't kind of miss out on that that grouping of, of elite shortstops but let me quickly run through the rest of the positions here let me see who i have i've got a catcher i've got varsho altuve and i've got two outfielders so what do i need okay first baseman eh, still a good amount of first baseman left don't need second third base uh, we're just gonna wait on that see if there's any outfielders i like Eh, seems kind of early for those guys. So it looks like shortstop. Um, and I'm going to take what fits my team. I've got Altuve. 
Eloy, Acuna, Varsho. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Wander Franco. He's my top ranked shortstop here. Gives me some batting average. Uh, see if that early season breakout that we saw last year before he got hurt comes true. Maybe he can hit 20 plus home runs with really good batting average, double digit steals, and it's just a fun player, right? So adding to the team, I've got Wander Franco now. And after that, Vinny Pasquantino. If you want to talk about fun, Vinny P, baby. After him, Max Freed and Alejandro Kirk. Chris, you are one pick away. I'm going to pull up your team. See what you're working with so far. You've got three hitters, Tommy Edmond, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and you've got three pitchers, Justin Verlander, Edwin Diaz, and Shane McClanahan. Which way are you looking? Oh, and you're on the clock. Who just went? So this is one where I'm in the middle, so I've got 10 picks between my next one and this one. I'm going to try to play the I can get this guy the next time around. So I'm going to take Salvador Perez. Uh, uh, I got Tommy Edmond, Salvador Perez. I'm, I'm going to be the Salvador Perez guy this year as well because I've got him in a bunch of leagues. Um, I took Tommy Edmond with my most recent pick because I really needed steals. Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. Just don't think I can project more than I think 15 would be a good outcome for those two combined at this point. So I needed some steals. Salvador Perez obviously not going to give me any. Uh, and there are some batting average concerns. So steals and batting average, probably the two places I'm lacking, but should be really, really good in power runs and RBI between Perez, Trout, and Betts. So going to hope I can get someone who can help me in those other categories. Scott, don't don't listen. And don't take anybody who's good at batting average or steals with your next two picks. I don't think I'm uh, going we'll to. But I was just queuing up Salvador Perez. I'm I'm beginning to warm up to him at his cost. I took him in the sixth round of TGFBI. You're taking him in the seventh round here, 12-team versus 15-team league. Um, what I love about Salvador Perez is the RBI potential. Obviously, the home runs. We all know the home runs. But the way he stands out in RBI from every other catcher, mm-hmm. basically. Like, if he's healthy, and you, you just look at his the numbers he was on pace for last year. If he's healthy... It's going to be right around 100 RBI. When yep. most good catchers, the ones we identify as good, they're talking they're talking like 65 to 75 yeah. RBI. It's like a it's a huge discrepancy. And plus, I, I've noticed this too. Uh, teams have gotten to where they they bat their best player high in the lineup so often that a lot of the studs are doing more good for runs than RBI. Mm-hmm. And so you get a true RBI guy there, and he just so happens to play a position where nobody else gets a lot of RBI. Salvador Perez looks like a really helpful player, and you don't have to pay, obviously, anywhere close to the price tag he was going for last year. I'm very interested what their lineup construction is going to be to the Kansas City Royals because I saw a spring training lineup where Bobby Witt Jr. was leading off. Now, I don't know how ideal that is because he's not a big OBP guy, but... It wouldn't surprise me if they went Bobby Witt, Vinny Pasquantino, Salvador Perez to start their lineup. You know, Vinny P makes a lot of contact. He gets on base. Kind of, I don't know. I could see it. It wouldn't surprise me. Rasta Resources, MJ Melendez leading off, which is kind of unorthodox, but he does walk quite a bit. After Chris took Salvador Perez, Rysel Iglesias, Byron Buxton. Sorry, Chris. Jordan Romano and Framber Valdez. Scott, you're on the clock for two. Yeah, I did get called out in the chat of my TGFBI draft for not taking Byron Buxton. So <laughs> that's that's another league where I'm not getting him. Hey, people, I, 
I think I guess it, it's cool when you have like players that are associated to you, you know, Chris. Yeah, and especially when it's a player as fun as Byron Buxton, and you know, when he inevitably gets hurt, I know I can open my phone and have twenty five notifications for me with sad gifs. Yeah, that is fair. Uh, Scott, okay, looks like I won't be getting Max Muncy as my starting third baseman. You know what? This is the perfect draft to try it out. Uh, either get, get one early or don't get one at all. I'm, I'm just going to wait till the end and, and see who winds up as my third baseman. Who are yeah. your next pick be, Scott, uh, outside of Max Muncy? Oh, I'm struggling with it because everybody feels like a reach, and that's what ends up happening. when You're You definitely didn't get batting average or steals. <laughs> I did not. Um, I'd queued up a bunch of relievers and I could maybe take one now. Ryan Presley, Kenley Jansen, Felix Bautista are the last of that, you know, that group of nine that I want to get one of. I'm also a little worried about shortstop, but everybody there feels like a reach. I'm looking at starting pitcher, but there's still a lot of really good ones left. I think I'll go ahead and take a closer here. No, um, don't do it. I'll take Ryan Presley. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I scream no Scott just goes yeah <laughs> yeah that's what you did Scott you stole you stole two picks from me two that I was looking at taking Max Muncy and Ryan Presley now I was, and, a, little and, surprised. It, I was a little surprised you didn't go with a with a starting pitcher there Scott I think I think Scott might be frozen he might be lagging out after <laughs> he took Presley we see Christian Javier and Jose Abreu I'm not just saying this Chris because I wanted a closer I mean there's still some closers left that's fine but I felt like where Scott was in the draft round eight, if he could have, he could have taken Christian Javier or you Darvish as his SP two to pair with Alec Manoa. That's, that sounds really good to me. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it because you know, w- one thing that the mock drafts allow us to do is, you know, try and kind of try out different things. And Scott has talked about how he wants to, you know, experiment with pushing starting pitcher down. That's clearly what he's doing. And, and, and it's one thing that, you know, Scott, often struggles with he's in the he's he's in the waiting room now so i don't want to speak for him but i feel like scott i feel like you had like like a minor meltdown like five years ago when heath and i told you that sometimes we just do mock drafts and we just try things out we're just like yeah we'll just yeah i don't know if this is the best team i can build but i'm just gonna try it out and you were like that's unbelievable and so i feel like you kind of struggle to like stick with the i'm gonna try things out uh thing so i appreciate your your conviction here uh, I've embraced it more since you got like you, you, you guys first presented that idea to me and I hadn't even considered that because I figured <laughs> the mock draft was mostly for the, the viewers and they, they want you to give mm-hmm. them their best. They want to see your best version of a draft they can possibly see. But there've also been a many tumultuous years in fantasy baseball since then, yes. you know, like back then. I pretty much drafted the same way every year. There wasn't a need to change my strategy that much. And with uh, the juice ball era, obviously different rule changes that we think are going to impact the game in a major way this year. Just it, it's, it's led to so many shifts in thinking that it's kind of forced me to experiment more when it was not something I was inclined to do before. Yeah, the guy, the guy that I was alluding to, who I wanted to take with my ninth round pick, was still there, or eighth round pick, happily. So I did end up adding Tim Anderson, who just perfectly fits a need for my team because my offense before that, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Tommy Edmond, Salvador Perez, light on average, light on spiel, sp- spiels, steals. <laughs> uh, Tim Anderson, 
He's going to give me great batting average no matter what. One of those guys who probably could steal more bases, and maybe he will with the rule changes, but either way, he'll be helpful in stolen bases. Um, you know, I, I think 20 over the course of the season is, is a an okay bet for him. So just fits my my build perfectly. I'm very happy with how this has gone so far. All right, with my picks here, I just took Felix Bautista at the end of the eighth round, and then I took uh, Nate Lowe with the start of the ninth. Usually I like waiting at first base, but felt like he fit my team. Gives me a little bit of pop, 25-ish home runs, and a solid batting average as well. And there are a few outfielders that I, I don't mind getting a little bit later on, so I'm going to wait on outfield. I've already got Garrett Cole and Kevin Gosman as my SP1 and SP2, so I feel all right where the pitching is at. I've got two starters and uh, one closer there with Felix Bautista. The draft is back up on the screen here. What we're going to do is we'll take one more break and then we'll we'll come back and I'll catch everyone up on, on all the picks that are going down. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. All right, we're back here on Fantasy Baseball today, and let's remind everyone what happened in round eight. Scott took Ryan Presley, then we saw Christian Javier, Jose Abreu, Willie Adamas, Zach Gallen, and Tim Anderson went to Chris. After that, we saw Chris Bryant, Robbie Ray, Carlos Correa, Tyler O'Neill. I took Felix Bautista, then Ryan Helsley went at the turn, and then we will see what happened in round nine. Reese Hoskins, I took Nate Lowe. You Darvish, Giancarlo Stanton. That was one of the outfielders I was talking about. Uh, And then Labor Torres and Jake McCarthy. Chris, you are back up. Uh, Let's remind everyone of your team. You've got Salvador Perez, Tommy Edmond, Tim Anderson, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and then Verlander, McClanahan, and Edwin Diaz. Yep, I'm going to take a third outfielder here, Christian Yelich, who I I feel like at this point... He's just a kind of safe five-ish category guy. You're going to get like decent, decent production across the board, but not necessarily standout production anywhere except maybe runs. But it's still a, there's a little bit of upside there. I think he could get back to 20 plus homers and 20 plus steals and, you know, quality of contact metrics still pretty good. Um, So I feel like he's okay there. Yeah, uh, Christian Yelich managed to stay healthy last year. Even if he just did, did what he did last year, then we're talking about a 15-15, maybe a 20-15 and 15 guy, and he was a top 100 player. And, and now here he is going outside of the top 100. After Yelich goes, we see Taylor Ward and Wilson Contreras. Two picks coming up before you are here, Scotty. And let's 
check in on your team. Um, earlier when I kicked you out because I said I, I falsely accused your internet of not working, uh, I thought that it made more sense for you to take a starting pitcher at the previous turn. It are did. you are you okay <laughs> the way that things turned out? Uh, no. No, once again, they didn't play out as I anticipated they would during the long wait. Um, we'll see how these last two picks before mine go, and it'll make it clearer if it was the wrong thing to do. I mean, I I knowingly reached for Max Muncy um, because I still needed a second baseman, and I like him more than the consensus, and I knew it was very likely, given the state of third base, that somebody would take him there. Uh, so that was that was a get your guys sort of pick because you okay yeah so Kenley Jansen's still there it's my pick now Lance Lynn and Stephen Kwan just went uh, and remember I said there were three of the nine that I think are safe bet for thirty plus saves left so I took one of them Ryan Presley and only another one other of them Felix Bautista actually ended up going uh, so it would have. You know, obviously it's hard to predict that. I've noticed Kenley Jansen seems to be going below ADP consistently. I'm not sure what the deal with that is. If if people are just thinking, oh, the Red Sox, they're probably going to be last place in that division. So how many saves is he actually going to get? I think they'll be pretty good for a last place team. And obviously there are no threats to his uh, role there. Um, and I may just go ahead and take him here myself. Uh, let me think. Yeah, let's do that. Um, in part because I was out of time. <laughs> but yeah, I with one of those picks, whether it was not reaching for Muncie or whether it was just waiting longer at relief pitcher and, and hoping that the trend of Kenley Jansen sliding would continue. Um, if I had taken a starting pitcher there, probably Zach Allen would have been the one. And I would have felt better about that. But I'm going to not get cute about starting pitcher anymore. I'm going to take Tristan McKenzie here. And he will be my number two. Alec Manoa, Tristan McKenzie, and then two closers in Ryan Presley and Kenley Jansen. All right. So now we make our way into round 10. Uh, the picks at the end of round nine were Lance Lynn and Stephen Kwan before Scott made his two picks. And I, I think one of the things that might be contributing to Kenley Jansen falling pure speculation is that he uh, is one of the slowest pitchers in baseball. So I, I think people might be most, worried about most this. closers are like, I've been keeping up with like all the news stories on all the individual team sites. And that's basically a storyline for every team. Yeah. Closer. Giovanni Gallegos is another one. He's, he's from right the there. Like, yeah. 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 It's, it's like, so from, I don't think it's going to matter that much. From what I understand, like it's probably going to matter for someone. Yeah, it, it'll matter for somebody, but it's not like it'll be a strong correlation with yeah. the leaderboard for time in between pitches. Like somebody, it's just going to mess up completely. But I don't yeah. think we have we're going to have any idea who that somebody's going to be. Yeah, like the minors, the the minor league data from from everything that I understand, there was very little impact on the game, both in a micro and a macro sense, uh, you know, both on a, like a pitch by pitch and game by game level. We're seeing like, Oh, I can't believe this guy called, got called out on strikes in a sprint. It's like, that's not going to happen <laughs> often enough in real games for it to matter. Uh, Cause they're getting used to it now. Like this is a different type of thing that they'll have to get used to, but 
that's what why they're introducing it in spring training. Um, but from what I understand about the use of this rule in the minors, you're not going to notice it. Yeah, that's everything that I've heard as well. I, I, that's just something I could think of for why Kenley might yeah. be slipping. I mean, maybe it's the Red Sox being bad too. But uh, yeah, look, if you want to give me Kenley Jansen, someone I think is pretty safe for at least 25 to 30 saves. Yeah, that, that's totally fine. Let him keep falling. After Scott took Tristan McKenzie, Bryce Harper goes off the board, likely to miss the first half of the season. I think we'll probably see him post all-star break as he recovers from Tommy John surgery, uh, Sean Murphy, and then George Kirby, Chris, you are one pick away. What are we thinking here? Hitter pitcher, a uh, hitter. I'm going to stick with my stated plan of, you know, not going with a starting pitcher for a while after taking a couple early. And, you know, the, the problem is the, you know, my team could still use some speed and there aren't many good, good players who will steal bases remaining, I guess is the best way to put it because there are players who will steal bases, but again, don't necessarily want Jorge Mateo on my team. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, kind of the issue there. It's, it's what happens when you double up on a Mookie Betts, Mike Trout combination early on, you're going to be chasing stolen bases, but you know, that's just the the reality of the draft. And I'm not going to take a base stealer here. I'm going to take a guy who I think is a very good hitter and specifically a very, very good power hitter. And that is Christian Walker, who is on a lot of my teams. Again, I'm kind of going back to the well on a bunch of guys in this draft, but I just think like one Christian Walker, I think is viewed a little bit as a flash in, a, in the pan or a one-year wonder guy. And I don't think that's fair. He's been at least fantasy relevant three out of the last four years. 2021 was very bad for him, but he was good in 2019. He was pretty good in 2020. And he was obviously very good in 2022 with underlying metrics that suggest he could be even better. But even if he's not, and you know, I think the chase field factor could make it harder for him to be as good as he could be. Uh, I still think he's going to be a very, very good source of power. All right, let's catch people up on some of the picks after you took Christian Walker. Well, just before that, we saw Kirby and Clay Holmes. And then after your pick, MJ Melendez, Nick Castellanos, Camilo Doval, and Lars Nupar. I don't think I, I haven't done a single draft this offseason, either a mock or a real one, where I've wound up with Lars Nupar. So <laughs> I mean, this is 118. So round 10 of a 12 team league, 118 overall. That's it's a little early. It's a little that's got to be the earliest I've seen Nupar go. I mean, uh, 86 is, a, is his min pick in NFC drafts. In the NFBC right now, uh, my NFBC, actually, we're at, we're around pick 160, and he still hasn't gone off the board. I am I'm starting to think about taking him with my next pick if he's still there. Right. Um. But yeah, it's it's the a, a case of the buzzy sleeper getting pushed up, which is more likely to happen in a shallower league. I would I would think people are willing to take bigger risks for what they see as upside. Yeah, and look, for all the reasons we've talked about Lars Nupar basically all offseason, he hits the ball hard, he's got good plate discipline, he hit lefties well as a lefty last season. Um, there are still some playing time risks. If he doesn't get off to a good start, the Cardinals are loaded in the outfield. They've got a few players waiting to play DH. They've got Jordan Walker, one of the top prospects in the game, getting ready to make an impact as well. So as much as I like Lars Nupar, I, I like him at his price, you know, which is right. usually right. post-150, so... 
you have to be really confident in a sleeper pick yep. to undermine the sleeper appeal of that pick by taking him 50 picks early. But you know, there, there have been times when I've done that for players. I, and I don't for what it's worth. I'm confident enough in Newt Bar specifically to do that. Newt Bar, you know, if there was a player to bet on or a player archetype to bet on, a guy with a proven ability to hit the ball really hard who has, you know, plus plus physical school skills is not a bad profile. Cause like that's effectively the idea behind Bobby Witt, right. Or, or the, you know, taking the top prospect Newt Bard doesn't have that kind of pedigree, obviously doesn't have necessarily the minor league track record, but like it's that this guy is so physically gifted that he's going to beat the projections that that's the idea behind it. I'm not necessarily saying I agree, with pushing Newt Bar, but he's definitely a guy who like I'm starting to think I need to get at least one share of, you know, like I need to make sure I need to be that guy in at least one of my drafts so I can get him. Yeah, no, I, I get it, Chris. Again, there's a lot to like about Lars Newt Bar. After I took, uh, I should probably tell people, I took Hunter Renfro at the end of round 10 and then we saw Ryan Mountcastle, Andrew Vaughn. I took Blake Snell as my SP3. William Contreras, Clayton Kershaw, Logan Webb, and Logan Gilbert. Here's what we're going to do on the podcast side. I'm going to sign off of hour one, and then we'll be back for hour two, and we'll keep the draft rolling. So uh, we're going to sign off, but make sure to join us in part two after this. On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.